could be. I don't know. Yeah, probably the air blowing down. Just. Probably, you know, I, when I do my driver's license next time, I'm actually going to have to take an eye test. Forgiven for your, your, your no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we only have to baptize you once now. I don't know, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Let's go. Oh, sorry. Let's get going, y'all. Tommy has said it's time to go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we do need to get started, though. I'm two minutes over. Let's, who, has a, who has a prayer request this morning as we start? Yes, ma'am. Okay, let's pray for Belinda. Yes. The Lord has been bringing to our, into our midst, into our realm, a lot of different couples that are either on the verge of divorce or on a separation type situation. Mm -hmm. And we're going, okay, Lord, why are you bringing so many of them? It's like three or four yeah. into our midst to talk to them, to, to, to witness to them. But there's an attack on the, on the family, the marriage. Yeah. So I'd ask the Lord to just help us have the right words to say. Yes, that's good. That's great. Yes, Jane. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in Michigan you went back to? Maybe she needs to move to Texas. Yeah, I mean, that's a long way away to be alone, you know, so. Wow. That's alone. Yeah, believe me, I know. Does, I know. Yeah, I lived in one of those in Scotland. Small, but it's three stories, yeah. Yeah, I know. Anybody else? Let's pray. For, yes. Right. Not good? You don't think that's going to be a good deal? Let's pray for the situation. Yes. That you don't make it a worse situation? I understand. <laughs> I, under, I understand. I understand. Yes. Praise the Lord. Wow. So, it, see, it's just, it's good. So, she's been working to restore relationships with her daughters. Four or five? Four. Four daughters. So, that's just, sometimes things go slower than we want. But they do get there. Anybody else? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for all of your answered prayers. We just thank you, Lord God, for this, this story of restoration this morning as we start, Lord God. We just ask you, God, that you would continue to restore this family, Lord God, these four daughters with their mother and, and the grandchildren, Lord. I ask, Father, that you would move and bless and just overwhelm, Lord God, this family with your power to restore. 
Lord, I ask you that you would touch and you would move in every situation. I pray that you for Belinda's back, that you would heal her, Lord God, that you would, God, bring the, these bulging discs back, Lord, into the proper placement in her body, Lord God, and alleviate the pain. I pray, Lord God, for the marriages that Jerry and Tommy are being able to speak into, that you would give them words fitly spoken, Lord God, the appropriate things to say, that you would bring about, God, restorative action in these lives, Lord. I pray for this family of Brian, Lord, his grandmother right now, suffering from cancer, Lord. I pray that you would restore her body, that you would touch her, God, that you would strengthen her in this time. In the situation with her grandson, Lord God, I, I know, Lord God, that this may not be perfect, God, but you would work everything to your good. And I ask, Lord God, that you would move sovereignly, Lord God, to adjust the situation how you see fit, God. We just ask that you would intervene in the name of Jesus. We ask that you would open our ears to hear, eyes to see today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. That was good. Just a prayer? Gosh, okay. Man, that's awesome. At least if I do nothing else good, I've got a prayer in. All right, let's go to Revelation um, 8 and 9 this morning. I I'm going to start, well, no, I'm going to back up. No, I'm not. I'm going to go to Revelation 8 and 9. I'm going to try to stay in, in my category here. Okay. Now, we, I'm not, I'm not going to get past 9 today, but <clears throat> in the next weeks we're going to hit what is my favorite part of Revelation, 10, 11, and 12. Yeah. Yeah. 10, 11, and 12 are the heart of the book of Revelation. 10, 11, and 12 are what's called parenthetical chapters. They're, they're chapters that give, that give insight into the rest of the book, if you, if you know what I mean. Like when you're watching a television show, there's one that I think somebody brought up the other day. I, I, th I think it was a show, it was called This Is Us. It was on, and it was about a man at the very beginning of the show, we see that the man dies, right? He, he's dead from the beginning. So you're like, you're like, wow, this is a terrible show. I guess you may think that I guess dad's not going to be a part of the plot. But dad continues to be a part of the plot, doesn't he? But by way of flashback. And then what happens is, is that we know the end, and then we get to, we start at the end, right? And then by way of flashbacks, we put things into, we, put, we fill out more of the details of this family. And so that's somehow, that's sort of the way that Revelation also operates, not that easily seen because we know we've been trained our whole life to see all the clues of a narrative when you watch a show. Like when you watch, for instance, Star Wars. How many of you watch Star Wars? I love it. Some people hate it. I love Star Wars. Now, we always know when the good guy, we're dealing with the good guys. How do we know? The music changes. Dun, da, da, da. You know, it gives that, you know, that victorious. And whenever we're dealing with the Death Star, wah, 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 wah. See, those are all, see, it's all clues, right? It's, it's literary devices. Even though it's not literature, it still is a literary device that's signaling us that the narrative is moving to constantly keep our comprehension alive. I often, in those kind of shows, especially sci-fi, because they switch around. Like if I watch Interstellar, I have to pause it and Mike has to give me, you know, in instructions the whole time. You know what I'm talking about? Is it, is it Interstellar? Yeah, with Matthew McConaughey. I get so lost. I want to go back and watch it. Let's go back and watch it because when he's behind the he's behind the grid, you know, at the lines, I think I've got more insight just by studying the Bible. 
You think I wouldn't, but I think I do. But I'll have to, I'll get on shows like that and I'll go, wait just a second, pause it. What just happened? You know, I don't, even the clues that the, the directors and the producers give me to keep me apprised of the narrative, I lose. I'm like, somebody help me fill in the gaps and Mike is better at it for, you know. Yeah, it could be because I'm also scrolling Pinterest while I'm watching a show. That, that could be part of my problem. And he, if he, he, he feels like if he misses the credits, he's lost the whole show. I'm like, Mike, it's the credits. I know, I don't know. So anyway. So that's how the book of Revelation somewhat, also there's aspects of that as well. And so 10, 11, and 12, we're going to get to that. And that's going to be a big interpretive key to all the rest of the, of the work. So, but 9, we're going we're gonna to drill in on 9 because 9 has some disturbing images. Demon locusts. You know what I'm talking about? A standing army of 200 million. And so we're like... What is this talking about? Is this... Now, all my life, because, you know, I've, I've grown up in the church since I was 11, and I'm a, I'm a child of the 70s, born 1971, you know, so I, what happens is, is I was discipled unknowingly under Hal Lindsey and the late great planet Earth. I was. I, I was unknowingly discipled. And what I mean by that, unknowingly, because the pulpits that discipled me and the classrooms that discipled me had been discipled by Hal Lindsey. And so whatever Hal, Mr. Hal Lindsey, and he was a great guy and a great teacher, but whatever Hal Lindsey believed is how they informed, the, Hal Lindsey informed their knowledge and then their knowledge informed my knowledge of the Bible and gave me the structures by which I interpreted the scripture. But see, sometimes, and I didn't, I didn't, I never saw that flow, did I? I wouldn't have understood it. I was a child. But it was still there. And see, that's the thing, too, with you right now. It's still there right now. It's an operating system. And it's how you're constantly interpreting everything. So as I've told you since 2016, my goal has been by the whole, with the Holy Spirit's help, I would never be so arrogant as to think I'd do this on my own. Well, I probably was when I started that arrogant, but then I found out that I needed help along the way. I think we all start out in arrogance, don't we? If we're, we're so arrogant, we don't even know we're arrogant. Yeah. We could, go, we could do a duet. Don't get me on Carly Simon. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, when you walked in the room, I'm like, was it an ascot hat or an ascot scarf? I'm always wondering. Let's make it both. You know, I don't know. Why did you do that to me? Now I'm all... <laughs> I know, yeah, our brains work alike, don't they? Okay, where was I at? I know, thanks a lot, right? That's right. I'm going to have to, only other song that will get stuck in my head worse than that is Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. So there you go. Just congratulations. <laughs> Just misery loves company. I have no idea where I was at. Oh, pride. Okay, 2016. And so I had to, I was trying to, I was trying to 
deconstruct everything I, I learned. You know what I mean? Like an omelet that's or, or a frittata. Let's make it a frittata that's already been mixed. You know what I mean? And trying to disassemble it. It gets real messy. You know what I mean? Like my, my, my grandbabies, when they, I give them a hamburger and they deconstruct it. It's a hamburger. If you wanted a meat patty, I should have made you a meat patty. You know, they eat this, the bread and the pickle goes over here and they scrape. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah. It's like, and so that's what, that's what I started doing with the Word of God. But in, in this, you know, and Lord, help me deconstruct my learning. <clears throat> because I don't even know where I got all this stuff. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> and so, as I do, I mean, I'm going to make my notes available, and I made some of them available, but I'm sort of embarrassed to make them available. Not because, I, I mean, I've got, I printed them out because Randall wanted them, so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll give them to Randall, you know, he can. And I printed them out, <clears throat> and I've got 13 pages, 11 font print. You know what I mean? And it's like, and it's like, and it starts to sound like a little bit like the, the rantings of a mad woman after a while. I'm like, does this make me crazy? No. I think I'm crazy. Okay. You know, that's, I know. I know. I didn't tell you. I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. It was at Revelation chapter 9. This way. I know. How did we get there? I'm stalling. I'm stalling. Sorry. No, we don't. We have demon locusts. <clears throat> so we have all of this. And so here we go. And as I look at this, we understand. I mean, how many of you know the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. What's the last line of the Lord's Prayer? Thy, not that last, a little bit before. <laughs> Forever and ever, amen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thy will be done. Okay, thy will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Now, see, you have to understand from the get-go, from Jump Street, that has been the plan of God. The whole time, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, over the deep over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and light was. And we start there. And so what we have here is we come into the narrative in an earth fully formed. We can all, we could argue, I would love to teach a class sometime on long earth and short earth. See, y'all, do y'all even know that there are Christians out there who believe in long earth and what that looks like? And short earth? See, some of y'all are like, what the heck? You, ha you know what I mean? But see, there are, there are things out there worth, worth looking at and trying to understand. Not because, and, and go, how does this fit in to the biblical narrative? And to look at that. And so some of you are already, I said long earth, and y'all are like, no, she's, a, she's an atheist. She's, you know, I'm, it's not, it's not. It's worth, it's worth looking at that the earth, it's old, old earth. Old Earth, so that then, yes, and that the and that the creation story is a story of a long. See, see, that's because see you 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 haven't ever examined. 
an old earth Christian perspective. See what I mean? You haven't examined that. And so you just tell me exactly what you've been taught to say. So that's what I'm saying. When I, when I stepped out of that, it's, see, it's deconstruction of a hamburger. It's messy. It's pulling the cheese out of the macaroni. You know what I mean? It, it, it's possible. It, it, you, you can. It just gets messy. Right. But so we look at this, but see, sometimes it's, it's a value. So here we are in Revelation 9, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, this is, this is the vision statement of the whole of the Bible, period. The vision statement of the whole of the Bible is thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God is rescuing his creation from the usurping monsters. Now, I use that word purposely because I'll show you, the usurping monsters and their monstrous empires. See, that's Daniel 2 and 7. Now, I won't have time to go all these places. We'd be stuck. Daniel 2 is a dream. When I say Daniel 2, I want you automatically to be able to tell, say, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. See, I want you to be able to do that because we have to move fast through things. I know that not everybody will, but Daniel 2 is Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Now, many people, they'll say it's Daniel's dream. It's not Daniel's dream. It's Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And if you understand that, it's Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And it's a dream of empires, right? And, and the image that God gives Nebuchadnezzar, now he's a pagan king. Now let that settle with you. He gives him a dream of the totality of the world, but it's for the purpose of one man interpreting it who doesn't even get to hear the dream before he interprets it. He doesn't even, yeah, it starts with head of gold. Nebuchadnezzar, oh king, you live forever. You are the head of gold. See, there, Israel's in Babylonian captivity. But then in Daniel 7, it's the same image again, but it's told using different metaphors. The first metaphor is gold and silver and brass all the way down to clay. So it goes from costly to weak and cheap, right? And then in Daniel 7, Daniel has a dream God repurposes it. He recycles the same vision, but he uses now, he recycles it and turns it into beasts. Now it's the head. It's like it describes a certain monster with the head of a dragon and a leopard and all these different weird things of amalgamation of different animals being composites, being put together. That's supposed to inform the hearer, this is monstrous. Yeah, all these weird different things. And so we go through. That's, Neb now the, that's, that's Daniel's dream, but it's connected to this other. And so, see, that is the whole point of it. Why did God give Nebuchadnezzar this dream for Daniel to interpret? Of course. What was the purpose of the dream of Nebuchadnezzar? Why not give it to Daniel? Because it wouldn't have been made in the Chronicles, probably. It wouldn't, have been, it wouldn't have been endorsed so perfectly of a man interpreting a dream he had never seen but had to tell the dream and then interpret the dream. And so, and they couldn't do it. And it was going to cost everybody their life who was in the dream interpreting structure. And so we look at that and we begin to understand that these are, these are portraits of one thing. 
Nations that will control in the, in the micro-narrative, Israel. Nations that will control Israel. Because where was Israel at the time? In Babylon, under the head of gold. And then it would give way to the Medes and the Persians. And then it would give way to the Greeks. And then it would give way to, oh, and then we start arguing. It did give way to the Romans, but is that the Roman Empire? Or We won't get into that. But anyway, but it is nations that will control in the micro, Israel. In the macro, the earth. And it brings us all the way to Revelation till we have another, we're going to get to that, a beast rising up who is like the others but different and comes to another. See, it gets very cryptic but it's not that hard when you actually get the right interpretive structure set in the first place but if you start from a wrong interpretive structure you'll never get to the right place and so we look at that now we look here in Daniel in in um, Revelation 9 I just want to read a little bit here We've got, they were told, do not harm the grass of the earth or the trees or any, this is for, or anything until those who have, um, but only the people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Now we talked about the seal. What's the deal with the seal? We read about all the sealing that God's, we are sealed by what? According to the New Testament. But specifically, what does the Bible say we are sealed by? What is our, our pledge? I heard it. Yes. The Holy Spirit is our pledge, down payment, down payment. When you, when you receive the Spirit of God at your salvation, it's a down payment. And you hold the down payment in your person. Do you, do you, I mean, do you see how beautiful that is? And he ident- that's your pledge. That's the down payment of your inheritance. Now, your inheritance is what? Eternal life. What's, what's that going to look like? Where's heaven going to be? Eventually. But what are you going to need? What are you going to need in order to enjoy a life on earth? That have a recreate, re, ah, you're going to have to have a different body. So what is that going to give you? That's going to be the resurrection. Is going to give you a new body that's apropos for a new earth. So see how this all fits together. It's not some disjointed narrative that's going all over the place uh, that probably has been very disjointed in my mind many times. So as we look at this, and they were permitted not to kill them or to torment them for five months. We said five months is 150 days. It's the same amount of time that the waters covered the earth in Noah's flood. So we're supposed to get that. See, they would have got it in that. They were Bible students. That's my fear. Is that we're Bible, coffee table-ish. You know, Bible rides to and from church with you in the dash of your car. You know what I'm talking about? See, that's a, and I'm not, I'm not being ugly. I'm just saying that it, in order, in order to, you know, a, a U verse, a U version, I like it, but your verse of the day is not going to put all this together. 
Study to show yourself approved, a workman who needs not be ashamed, who can rightly divide the word of truth. See, many times I think in our church circles and even having dialogue with the world about what we believe, we are, we are always ashamed. You know why? Why are we always ashamed? Because we can't rightly divide. And why can't we rightly divide? And why don't we study? Oh, <laughs> this is them preaching, not me. <clears throat> I, didn't, I did not say that. <laughs> Here we go. I know, that's it. it. And so that needs to be, that, 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 that's a, there's, a, there's an issue there. Here's my thing. Here's my thing right here. The, the woke, we all, we'll use the word, even though I hate it. I hate it. I hate the word. I hate the whole thing, but I might as well use it because you all all know <clears throat> what it means. The woke culture, right, is, if they're anything, they're organized and evangelical. Because they let start spreading the news. You know what I mean? They, are, they, they, have, they have learned that the left agenda, they have learned to put aside their differences to center around what their objectives are and to push that, to promote it. While the church squabbles over little things. So see, that there, there's a lesson to be learned in there. And that's beside the point. So as we look at this, we see the beast empires and we see... We see that in Revelation 6 and 9, that of that, that's what 6 and 9, building this all together. I'm, I'm doing a, I'm doing a <clears throat> conclusion to this part of the text. It's 6 and 9. Then the Lamb opened the fifth seal, and I saw under the altar souls of those who had been slaughtered for the sake of the word of God and for the witness they had. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, O sovereign master, holy and true, how long... Before you judge those who dwell on the earth and avenge our blood. What's the cry there? Judge the earth. <clears throat> judge the beast systems. Judge the monstrous empires that pervert your justice and that slaughter those in the name of their gods, be it prophet, be it, be it some other type of, well, we just have to be safe and we have to be this and we have to be that. And, and you know, all you have to do is turn on the news. Just turn on the news. Go through and just click channels and you will hear the exact same narrative. I'm, this is when I figured this out, y'all, was COVID. When I heard every news station saying that we are in this together, I turned to Mike and I said, we are being brainwashed. Be safe. We are in this together. I thought, are y'all, what do y'all, did y'all get a handbook? Did y'all get, I mean, the, literally word for word verbatim. And so I'm like, yeah, I, why are you telling me what to think? And those who think that you're so open-minded as to think on your own, Think again. I mean, that's, you constantly, 
at a war with the narrative that culture is spitting out all the time in our commercials, in the shows. In, is it not true? It's constantly there. And so we have to, yes, I mean, my daughter has three, under three, under four. And she has to always watch. Oh, they can't watch that. Oh, no, we don't watch that. No, we don't watch that. I have to ask my four-year-old, are you allowed to watch this? Yeah, Mama lets us watch it. And, and the, No, we're not. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. It's what you Yeah. Yeah, what happened to Bugs Bunny? <laughs> so here we go. It's a it's a different day. So the cry of judgment is going forth from those who have been who have been the souls under the altar and the response is given. See the response to that cry is given in 8 and 3. And another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden incense burner. And he was given much, much incense to offer up along with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar before the throne. See, the prayers are going up. What's the prayer? What's the prayer request? Judge the earth. I mean, how many of y'all are praying that? Just, see, the reason that you're not praying that... Because you're in it, he says, yeah. And not only are you in it, but you're comfortable in it. You know what I mean? Now, if you were in, if you were in um, communist China in 1946 when the bamboo curtain fell, when it went from being a, a democracy or parliamentary system, I think, which is a democracy, to... Um, a communist country of a dictatorship and all of the missionaries fled at that time and the bamboo curtain fell and they had and all the Bibles were confiscated as contraband imagine imagine somebody in the American a soldier comes to your house banging on your door <clears throat> do you have any contraband Bibles yeah you see what I'm saying you're saying this could never happen. It's knocking at the door. It knocks at the door all the time. I and mean, don't, you know, it, never, it could never happen in China either. I mean, I, I've got a book. If y'all want to read it, you can get your own. I say I've got, a, I don't give away my books. It's called The Heavenly Man. The Heavenly Man. It's about a man who was a Christian during that time. He became a Christian without even the witness of a Christian. His father fell ill when he was a child and if that if the father died with a house full of people and they were so impoverished they were rice farmers so so impoverished it was death for the whole family and the father became ill and he was going to die and the mother and all the children gathered around his bed and they wailed and cried please don't let our father die please don't let our father die and they prayed to a god they didn't even know and god healed him And they became Christians, and they didn't even know what that was. This true story. And then the, he, was a, he was a teenager, and he began, he heard of something called a Bible. Y'all think this is not true. He heard of something called a Bible. And he knew, he met a man, an elderly man who lived and who he heard had the holy book. He traveled for miles and miles and miles 
to meet the man. I mean, constantly in starvation conditions because he was so poor to meet the man. And he asked him, do you have a Bible? And the man, it would be costing his life if he answered him yes. He never answered him in the affirmative or in the negative. He just said, you're going to have to pray and let God give you one if it's his will. He said, I just want to touch it. If you have it, just let me touch it. He said, I, I, he said, you have to pray to God. He went back home. He's a teenager. He went on a fast, begging. He said, I became so obsessed with getting a hold of this Bible. I knew I had to have it. He said, I fasted and fasted and fasted and fasted. My mother thought I'd lost my mind. She was the pastor of our church. Didn't have a Bible. They, but God healed them. Healed the dad and saved their life. And so she's, she's, he's praying, I need a Bible, I need a Bible. This is a true story. The man's still alive today and gives it. Your sister heard his testimony. <clears throat> Mike's sister heard his testimony. And he, he says, praying and praying and praying and fasting. He said, a man shows up to his village. He don't even know who the man was. He don't know if he's an angel. He didn't know if he was a, he didn't know. He doesn't know. And he handed him a Bible. And he walked on. Now, see that when I, when I read those stories, and I remember, I remember um, in, in the early part, last, latter part of the 90s, I don't know how much money we raised. We were big into it, weren't we? We smuggled more Bibles into China than you could imagine. Smuggling Bibles into China. <clears throat> we had all kinds, all missionaries, that's all they did. They were professional smugglers. And to tell the stories of God protecting them when they were searched. And the, and the communist Chinese would go rifle through their bags and look and Bibles would be everywhere and they wouldn't be able to see them. That's, that's what we do. The man who had the book of John, we just heard his testimony the other day when he was doing that. Do what? No, no. The man who, um, the friend of Alton Garrison. He was, he was, he was in the, it was in the 60s, and he had um, the book of John, the book of hope is what it's called. And he was smuggling them in, and he had all of it, and they were under the cover. We printed them in Springfield. I mean, y'all didn't know we were so gangster at the Assemblies of God, did y'all? We printed them in Springfield. You know what they had a cover on there? It was the, it was the, um, the something about the, the communist book of, of, the communist book of Mao. It was Chairman Mao. It was Chairman Mao's writings is what they had it under the cover of. But when you opened up the, it was, so you could read it, and you were reading Chairman Mao's, but it was the Book of Hope. They do, they go, <clears throat> and they constant, they smuggle Bibles in. Yep. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's totally, because it's so, it's so, undercover but this man he was going across the border and he had this book that it was the the book of Mao basically under in in it was the book of John and his briefcase broke and opened up I mean it's like and he's he's on the he's trying to get on the boat you know and get you know he's like he's getting them all picked up in his briefcase and everything and uh, and one of the soldiers comes over and he says let me let me help you and he's like ah and the soldier gets down and he helps him pick them up and he's looking at him and he says, good luck with the mouse, with Chairman Mao's message. He knew. He was probably a Christian. 
but he couldn't tell anybody. But God put the right person at the right time to bring those. And so when the Chinese, how many of you have ever seen the images of a Chinese getting a crate of Bibles in an underground church? And they come in and there's a church, it'd be like a room like this. It would be packed, not like we're sitting in here today. It would be packed wall to wall. They'd be sitting in the floor. They would be like, it would be like all of them in total silence. When they praise, give God praise, they do air claps. You ever seen an air clap? They can't because they can't make any noise. And so when they open up the crate of Bible to watch them give out the fire Bibles and they hand it to a Chinese person and they look at that Bible, it's in their language, and they cry and they hold it to their chest and they just weep and cradle it like it's an infant child. And they kiss it and they cry and they kiss it and they cry. And I have to beg y'all to read yours. Why are they that way, Renee? Because at some point, at some point, it became something more than just a something I'll get to later on today. See, it's somehow in the midst of that. So here we have this whole context of, the, of, of them praying, God, how long till you avenge? See, that won't be your prayer. That won't be your prayer, sadly. It won't be. I know it won't. It won't. But it will be someone's prayer. The person under persecution, they will pray that prayer. And they do. How long till you judge? And so we look, and you're like, Andrew, this is stressing me out. I don't care. And so we go on to nine, and then we look. And so what my whole point in saying this, I'm trying to build up the reality that when the fifth angel trumpeted, I saw a star fall. And then we look, and he throws it down, and all these judgments come, and a third, and a third, and a third, and a third, and a third. Y'all probably notice that. I mean, like, how many times? What are you trying to say, God? It's clear decreation language because we're back at Genesis again. And God created the heavens and the earth, and then what did he do? He, he said, let there be light. So he created the solar heavens, and then he separated, that's day one. Day two, he separated the expanse. He made the dome. Day two, day three, he made the earth and the, so you have three levels, right? See, that's the creation story. If you've ever looked at it, it's a structure. One, two, three. Four, five, and six is about populating. For day four, he creates the sun, moon, and stars. He populates the solar heaven. Day five, he creates the birds. He populates, and then day six, he creates all the animal kingdom, and the final act of creation is man. See, he, po- he creates all three structures, then he populates all three structures. And so when we're looking at this, and we're seeing all these things happen, and a third was removed, and a third was removed, and a third was removed. What we're looking at is we, a person who understands the Bible in John's day knows, oh, this is decreation language. But he's decreating in a third. Right? So what is a third? What's left over? Hard math question. Take out a third, what's left over? Where's the majority? So he removes a third and he leaves two-thirds. There's mercy in it. He is this a decreation 
with a third at a time. What's the invitation? Repent. Repent. Because then we ultimately get to the, the final and we see that um, there is a, there's a, there's a, an event where there's two-thirds that are destroyed and one-third is left. That's in Zechariah. Now, what is that? Majority judgment. One-third salvation. Remnant salvation. So that's what we look, we're looking at here is this. And so as we, as we begin to look at it, we begin to let the judgment that, of God come down. How many of you want the judgment of God to come and judge the earth? See, I think that's hard for us, isn't it? And I wanted, I, wanted to that to, I wanted you to feel that. I wanted you to look at that and go, yeah, Andrew, that's really difficult for me. I don't want to pray let the judgment come down. I don't want to pray that because I... See, that's what Amos 5 and 24 says, but let judgment rain down like waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. Because what comes as a result of judgment? I just said, no, I just said it. Let judgment come down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. Righteousness. Because when a judge judges, what comes after the judgment? It depends, right? The justice is served. Justice is served. And we see that it's coming. What's the third, the third movement, the third act of this great symphony of the eschatological, the end time, the wrapping up of all things? We have seals. We have judgment. And then what's the third one? Bowls of wrath. See, the seals, the judgment comes. And then what happens? It's the carrying out of the judge. It's the sentence. But what, who is the sentence against? I just told you, the monstrous beast empires that have ruined God's beautiful, good creation and turned it into a place of wickedness. He will not only, and he uses these demon locusts, he uses this imagery of, of taking the spirit realm and pulling that in in a way we can understand it, but we clearly see it's a spiritual thing because there's injustice in the spirit realm too. And here's one thing that's amazing about God. He uses wicked nations to judge wicked nations. You don't believe me? Read Habakkuk. That's what the whole of the book of Habakkuk is about. Is about him. Habakkuk's complaining. How, God, could you give your covenant people into Babylonian captivity? How could you do that? They're wicked. They don't have your laws. They don't love you. They don't, they're, they're all of these wicked things. How could you use them? And he says, I'm going to, there'll be another nation raised up. The Medes and the Persians. And they will judge the Babylonians. But what about the Medes and the Persians? Oh, that's the Greeks. But what about the Greek? Oh, that's the Romans. What about the Romans? Oh, the Ottomans. But to execute judgment. To ultimately, to do what though? To bring about his reconciliation. To bless the whole world. 
So I think we sometimes we don't understand. We don't understand. But here, so let's look at putting things right. This is about putting things right. But if the point of John's vision, the demon locust army, is sought in the message it conveys rather than the details of the image, what the message, what message does it convey? It may simply warn that God will use the empire's fiercest enemies to judge it. See, that's what the demon locusts are, are prescribing. God's going to use, God is going to use the empire, whatever the world at that time looks like, the world's fiercest. See, we change this all the time, don't we? We were at Russia, we got out of Russia, now we're kind of back at Russia again. And we use our technology and we program that in. It makes us look like imbeciles, really. You know what I mean? Where you're using this and you're using, and then it, the technology changes and you use that. Will it be a part of that? Absolutely. All the technology and all that will be a part of it. But we have to make sure we're not taking the future and interpreting the Bible through a futuristic lens that we haven't seen yet. When the Bible is clearly written from a historical, we use the historical lens to understand it to our day that cast the image into the future. We can't cast the image from the future into this and get it right. Does that make sense? And so what he's using in the demon locust, God is using the empire's fiercest enemies to judge it. Wicked as they also may be. Persecuted Christians need to fear no evil empire. Satan's kingdom is divided. Now let that sink in just for a second. Satan's kingdom is divided. And what happens to a divided kingdom? So if you have a wicked kingdom coming against a wicked kingdom, and what is that proof of? That Satan's kingdom is divided. And a divided kingdom always falls. And God uses one evil empire to destroy another. John can borrow Joel's locust army, and that's what he's borrowing, a locust army from Joel, and he's, re he's reappointing it to them in their day. He's recycling that image, but it's just to convey that the fiercest enemy. God will judge the fiercest enemy. So we learn them from the past examples applying today for godly change. We have to apply today for godly change. The Holy Ghost was over the waters, brooding, brooding in the creation. What was the Holy Spirit waiting on in creation? What I, God spoke. That's all that's happening today. When you stand and you listen to a pastor do his very best or a teacher do their very best to describe the Word of God using their limited knowledge from their frail human standpoints and all they're doing is trying to proclaim the Word of God to hearers who the Holy Spirit who's brooding over the darkness of your situation. Maybe it's that you've never been saved. Maybe it's you've got a darkened place in your life that you just can't get perspective and the pastor, the preacher, the teacher will stand up there and they will proclaim the Word of God and the Holy Spirit who's brooding over the darkness all the time will capture that word and bring, and let there be light. And let there be light. That's how this works in our dynamic right now. It's happening all the time. When someone comes to the altar and tears are flowing down their cheeks, it's because the Holy Spirit was brooding and brooding and brooding. But He never negates our will. He just makes it hard to resist. I'm so glad he made it so incredibly hard for me to resist. 
I tried. But the Holy Spirit was brooding and he captured the word and light, light was beginning to just come against my darkness. And I was going, I love my darkness. I love my darkness. I love my darkness. Right? I don't want my deeds to be made known. I don't want to change. I don't want a new Lord. I am my Lord. But then I couldn't, he made it irresistible, Tommy. So irresistible, that's how it felt. Like a dog in my chest beating through. And I was like, I'm going to be dizzy. I'm going to be dizzy. I'm going to pass out. That's what's called conviction. Y'all know I'm trying. Have you ever felt that? You're like, I'm not going down. I'm not going to go down there. I'm just, Lord, I'll get right at home. It's like, and your heart's going, you're like, no, 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 no. It's like, and the Holy Spirit's saying, go down, go down, go down. Why do I have to go down, Lord? I don't have to go down. I'll get right later. You won't. This is it. This is it. I got another song for that, don't I? Make no mistake where you are. <laughs> this is it. It's time for light to come. So that's what's happening. But ultimately, the Holy Spirit is going. He's not, God is not looking to completely destroy this earth. I'm not exactly. Let, let each judge. And how do we judge ourselves? How do we judge ourselves, Andy? Take some light. I got to get some light up in here. I take the light and I shine it in. I look in the mirror. I mean, I put my, I'm, I'm old now. I'm old now, so I'd put my makeup on with a magnification mirror. It's true. It's true. I have a magnification mirror over here. If I don't, I'm going to paint my eyebrows on all wrong. It's a sad reality. But if I need magnification, even to get my makeup right, I need the whole, I need the word of God and the light and the magnification of the mirror of God to get my appearance right. I can't possibly do this on my own. I mean, I will paint my eyebrows under my nose and wind up with a mustache. You know what I'm saying? I know. That's right. Okay, so here we are. So God, whose character never, listen to this, God, whose character never changes, generally acts in history according to consistent patterns, right? What was? What is, what was, and what is to come. The judgment he has sent in past errors thus provide warnings of analogous judgments he will continue to send to different societies until the very end. Right? 1 Corinthians 10 and 6, 10 and 6 says, Now these things happened as an example for us, so we wouldn't crave evil things just as they did. And it goes on to say, Now these things happened to them as an example and it was written down as a warning to us on whom the ends of the ages have come. Now listen to this. Why does God give us the word of God as an example of other people's failures? And in that text, he talks about the children of Israel. So we'll learn not to fail. But here, listen to this. Our own lifespans, my own lifespan, is too short to learn everything by experiencing it. But I have to be wise and learn from history. Now, isn't that great? That See, my, my lifespan is going to be too short to learn. My lifespan will be too short to learn all the things I need to learn. See, that's something that a lot of people say. They're like, well, I just don't believe it that way. 
I hear this a lot. Well, that's just not, that's, my truth is, I don't believe it that way. And they've got, like, they seem to think that in their mind they've got their own version of truth. They've carved it out at their own measurements and their own dialectic of truth, their own way of capturing truth. And it's somehow, it's cur- I call it curated truth in our boutique of our life. We curate our own truth that just fits nicely within our whatever. But see, the problem is that's, that's fine and dandy. That's fine and dandy. But your truth then has to be subjected to realities of God's word and to the realities of truth. It has to go against my truth may come up against your truth. I may go to Starbucks and my truth is a coffee only costs 50 cents. Right? And I'm going to tell Starbucks because they are woke as anybody. They ought to know this. Truth is relative, right? And I'm going to order my, I'm going to order a tall pike because I'm not, you know, because if I, if I put milk in it, I'll, I might pay $1.25. But I'm going to say my truth is a pike only costs 50 cents, not $2. And they're going to say, well, you're going to take your truth on down the road. Are they going to capitulate to my truth? No. Then why do you think God is going to? I mean, you're just a Starbucks won't. I can't go to Walmart and get them to capitulate to my truth. I don't want to pay that money. My truth is that this costs this much. My truth is things are here. My truth is my truth is your house belongs to me. You see? See, that doesn't that doesn't work. You're like, well, Andrea, because you're you're imposing your truth upon others. And you're you're defaming others' innocence. I just heard a story about a Heard the story, put on Fox News, about a parents who they were being celebrated for transitioning their five-year-old daughter into a boy. And their quote was this, we knew our child was a boy when they were an infant. What did they just do? They just imposed their truth. I mean, because it had to be true. It had to be true. Come on, because we know that parents could never manipulate a small child. Who's ever heard of that? We know that the very persons that are set in charge of them, who are supposed to feed and clothe and protect them and give them their very identity and their source of life and strength and everything, that person would never, ever, ever be able to convince that minor, that child, that they were, no. Because your truth is not strong enough to stand against the truth. And your truth will always and forever injure someone else. That's why we have to have a standard called the Word of God and His truth. And we reconcile to Him. He doesn't reconcile to us. So that's where, and so we have to use, we use all the experiences of other people trying to take their truth and shove it in the face of God and say, and deal with my truth. And we see their utter failure. So hopefully you won't have to do that. You won't have to have enough life experiences to get you to that place of utter failure. Because we don't have time for that. Because a bus could hit you tomorrow. Because we live in a dangerous world. So here, this is where the text all comes together. And you didn't know that was all in Revelation 9, did you? When interpreting texts, maintaining analogous impact from John's day to ours, John wanted to evoke an image of terror and judgment of one evil nation by another as a part of God's ultimate sovereignty. That's what Revelation 9 is doing. Evoking. Why does God want to to evoke an image of terror? 
to let you know. It's not a story of the boogeyman. This is to communicate the severity and the finality. So we look at that and we understand that the proper interpretation, we have to keep the intentional impact intact. Like, for example, I used Hal Lindsey earlier. Hal Lindsey used China's large army to fit the text back in his day. And it could still. But see, I don't know. And you don't. You know what I mean? We, we just don't know, do we? It could be, now we've got an AI army, don't we, on the, we think about. That wasn't seen in Hal Lindsey's day. So see, when you're trying to use the future to interpret the past, you miss it because you're only ever using your structures now and you don't see what is around the corner. And so we find ourselves becoming just so lost in the, in the verbiage of it all the time. Yes, ma'am. That's it. That's it. That's it. If we want to be a part, that's it. That's it. That's it. So we've seen all of this. And now we all saw a T-shirt that kind of sums up the whole thing as we go. And here's our choices right here. I am a multitasker. I listen. I ignore. And I forget all at the same time. I am a multitasker. Yeah, <laughs> we all do. I listen. I ignore. And I forget all at the same time. And so that's where we're at every moment. That's why, for me, this is the most important thing I do. Not because I'm important, because I don't think that I am. And I think God could get 10,000 people who do it better than me, and he does. And he has them all over the place. But I'm here now, and you're here now, and we're here in this together, right? And so that's, that's all it is, is that if the Lord can take me, and he can use me to communicate a message of light to you that moves you from the place where you're at into a greater preparedness, into a greater reality of heaven coming to earth, and into a greater day of faith and hope in the one who is above all things. And as I didn't get to finish making the statement, Andy, God's not mad at me. Now, see, that sounds kind of, I know some of you are like, what? How do you know? See, I know because God's not, he doesn't have wrath appointed to me. How do you, what, Andrew, you think you're all that? I don't. I understand the message of the cross. I'm sealed. Yes. Mm-hmm. To the end. Right. Well, I think it's this way. Whether I endure to whether I endure to the eschatological end, the end of all things, or I endure to my end. Either way, I'm called to endure. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. That's a. They all slept. We don't know what it means. We might hit the virgins later on. It might mean things that y'all don't even know. It might mean something that's still outside of your realm of knowledge. Could mean that. 
but have you but see what I'm saying is is has see I don't I don't know I that's one of those that's one of those scriptures I know what I was taught to believe but I haven't looked at all the other I haven't compared it with all the other arguments out there right and I do know this what I do know this Andy is I can share my flame but I can't share my oil That's it. So we will maybe look at that later on. Thank you so much for listening. Y'all are great. Mm-hmm. So I never put it together with mm-hmm. Daniel. Yeah. And we didn't get to it. Oh, what was it? The end of nine. The what? The end of nine. The end of nine. Okay. What is where it? Where he talks about, where he talks about, mm-hmm. um, the rest of they mankind won't stop who are not worshiping mm-hmm. demons, mm-hmm. idols yep. of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Mm-hmm. So is he talking idols as in statues or is he talking like leaders of other nations he's talking about well let's go back and look at it okay so they would not stop worshiping the idols of gold silver bronze stone and wood right right so now we know already that the idols that we see nebuchadnezzar's idols in all these empires right. are made of precious metals right right all the way down to cheap stuff clay. right clay wood being the cheapest of right. those things right and so what i think it means is is they would not stop worshiping all of these other they weren't involved in all. They were involved in all these other world systems. That's what I was getting yeah, at. Yeah. The world system. World it's system not so much. I mean, because it doesn't. Because you know what? I mean, to them in that day, because they did, they had their their idols. You know, like if I make this, but my like little Buddha idol, whatever. That's what I was going to so get. Is what that does, what they're talking about? Well, it's like it, you, you got other nations that worship well, these other gods. Because what does Buddha represent? Buddha represents a system. Right. He's not the actual Buddha. When you go into a nail salon or whatever kind right. of restaurant, he does, he's not the actual Buddha that they're worshiping. Right. He's an image of their overall system of worship. Okay. You see what I mean by yeah. that? And so idolatry, because I just don't think we have a Western idea of that, that when we have little statues or whatever, they're not, they're not, it's not people worshiping that idol. What, what they are are people involved in a system. Like, I mean, we could have, our idolatry could be our American patriotism. Yeah. You see what I mean? Not saying it's wrong to be a patriotic, but we can just be like, Saul, you see people like that. So we're just Gosh, putting it's in. like the American flag. Yeah. They're like, Jesus is going to be directed in the American flag, or I don't worship him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know we're what putting, I mean? We're putting it here and putting Jesus underneath it. Yeah. Our system becomes greater, okay. and it yeah. just becomes another world beast system, because is the, as great as America is, is it a righteous system? No. It's not. You cry for justice. I know you and fought the only for way the to get justice is what? I, I, you know, as as proud as mm-hmm. as proud as mm-hmm. veterans are, mm-hmm. and I, I love, they, and I they love hide it. anger they do for they, for the country. Of course they do. Because if you've ever went to combat the the and you see what you kill people for, that's why they're out here. That's why they're committing suicide at the rate of how many a day. It's because they 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 were told one thing. Yep. They were told this is for the country. This is for your peaceful for our people. Because we're gold. We're yep. gold, and they're clay. And they got there, and they're like, look at these people, and now they're living in this, and this is what's going on. They're like, I don't understand. Yeah. And so when they're saying people are living too proudly, yep. they're not really not understanding. Yes, exactly. And I was telling Yvonne that the other day. I said I've never seen a more joyful group of people than, than I have. And, and, and maybe they're not abandoning what we believe, but the name. Whole country stops. Right, but 
think even in that There's they tons of people in there where they also tour with and they tour and I was like wow but they don't but they can tour but they're pr- exactly but that's what I told them I said I think that and then that's what I that's what but I they're told devoted. them and they're devoted and you can't say that they're not but then we have people who we can't finish our tour 